On this episode, we will talk about the affairs in Ukraine backfiring on Trump and Biden. The alleged affairs, we're going to get into that. Antonio, Antonio Brown leaves the NFL. And the greatest battle of our generation, Chipotle versus Quidoba. Oh, my God. I'm pretty excited for that one. Uh, okay. I you, don't think it's a contest. You obviously, you obviously know that I'm a, little, I'm a little biased towards one of them. Uh, you also totally left out the most important of no, the, don't of say the uh, no, Mexican-American fast it's food not. places. It's, it's Moe's. No. The best. <laughs> God, I hated everything you just best said. Best queso, free chips. Dude, don't even get me started. This, Lots of food. We'll do this at the, we're doing this at the end. We're not doing this right now. They play good music. We're, we're doing it at the end. All right, all right, sorry. So let's let's refocus. Going into the major major political story of the day, we have new kind of whistleblower, not really allegations, but an interesting an interesting little story which everyone, which the media and everyone's kind of buzzing about. Apparently, a whistleblower, quote unquote, close to Trump, came out. Well, didn't come out, but made an accusation that Trump may have said something quite disturbing in the form of a, pro- a form of a promise he made to another international leader that prompted this said whistleblower to alert the inspector general and so the inspector general might have agreed and said and claimed that this was also urgent which means that it can be given to congress and congress can know about it however the director of national intelligence said that the complaint does not meet the standard to be given over to Congress. Now, of course, this has gotten all the Democrats riled up, mm-hmm. and many of them are screaming cover-up, essentially. Sure. Um, I mean, this is the same narrative that we had with the Russia. I mean, it's it's logical, though, because like right. one guy's like, hey, we should let Congress know, and then other guy's like, no, don't do it. Well, and we also have to be... Like, you're be, leaving them in the dark, right? Right, but, I mean, there's plenty of things in the American government that i don't want people knowing about like that's yeah. why we have classified well, yeah, top course, secret all this stuff well yeah so of, of course they're gonna claim seems a little fishy of so course they're naturally gonna claim anyone would claim it's a cover-up yeah right i'm sure if it was on the if it was on the democrat side the republicans yeah, would be who, like who's ever, ah. whoever's on the receiving end is gonna be calling it, it was the clintons. <laughs> <laughs> the clintons all along <laughs> it was the 69 alerted the clintons see there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's really that's really true so according to the new york times we, they seem to think, from two people that are familiar with the whistleblower allegation and who are close to the Trump campaign. Of course, these are, again, all allegations, so we're not entirely sure if any of this is true. But they seem to think it has to do with Ukraine. So interestingly enough, and this is what kind of everyone's been buzzing about, there is an anonymous, an anonymous source that said that Trump made a phone call to President Volodymyr Zelensky, this is the president of Ukraine, with Rudy Giuliani, in which Trump made an alarming pro- promise to that to that president, essentially. And so, what we think, and again, this is what we think, might not be true, but what we think the promise had to do with was Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So. Why would he be making a promise, quote unquote, for to get essentially to get information about Biden and, and his son? Well, it turns out that way way back in the Obama era, Biden went to Ukraine and with threatened to withhold about a billion dollars in federal loan guarantees if the Ukraine would not get rid of its top prosecutor. So the Ukraine caved, essentially, and they got rid of their top prosecutor, who was highly corrupt. There was little evidence to say that he wasn't a corrupt human being. I mean, he was pretty corrupt. But he was actually investigating Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, obviously, is a Yale, 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 they all go to Yale. Yeah, they all go to Yale these days. Yale-educated lawyer who was working for an energy conglomerate under a Ukrainian oligarch. So we're not entirely sure why this prosecutor may have been investigating Hunter Biden. But it also seems a little fishy. But Daddy Joe steps in and is like, right? get, but rid, this of, is the get same, rid of this guy. Same thing would happen with the Russia and Trump, right? Because he... 
went in and fired James Comey, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, he's firing him to cover stuff up. So this is kind of almost the same, almost the same thing. So it's, what the it's similar, yeah. Right. So what the what the drawing line is, is if for one thing, if Biden promised or threatened to withhold a billion dollars of U.S. taxpayers taxpayers money, that's I believe that's impeachable because that's black that's blackmail. I think that's yeah. an I think that's yeah. an impeachable <laughs> offense because I know I know if Trump. Could label that as blackmail. If Trump, um, if Trump refused, if he used the two hundred and fifty, I think million dollars that we just gave Ukraine in aid, I think if he used that to and like withheld that against yeah, them, yeah, or paid them, be like, hey, we'll give you two hundred fifty million dollars in aid if you give us dirt on Joe Biden. That's impeachable, hundred percent. Sure. That's because you're then you're using taxpayer dollars. So that's 100 yes. percent yes. impeachable. It's not impeachable if he just goes over there and says, "Hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink." What did Sleepy did Joe do over here? Well, would it be impeachable if he used his own money? No. Okay. It has to it be. It has to be taxpayer dollars. Has to be tax, taxpayer dollars. Super bad. It was super bad, but not impeachable. Okay. And of course, there's a big difference between it being really bad and it being impeachable. Because yeah. I mean the Trump Russia investigation, there's like a lot of bad like, a lot of bad accusations. It lo- made Trump look really bad. Not impeachable, but I mean he did some, some shady stuff. Sure. So it could be it could be bad and, and not impeachable at the same time. So interesting. Today, according to Peter Barker in the New York Times, while Mr. Trump defend his July phone call with President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine as perfectly appropriate, he confirmed that Mr. Biden came up during the discussion and that he accused the former vice president of corruption tied to his son Hunter's business activities in the former Soviet Republic. So it seems that all of this is starting to come together. Like that meme with the guy from, my new favorite meme with the guy from Emperor's New Groove, where he's like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all coming Kronk, together. Kronk, Kronk, yeah. I love that I love voice. <laughs> oh, I don't remember the guy who, who voices oh, that yeah, character. Oh, yeah, I forget his name, but oh, he's a great is, actor. That's a sexy voice. Like, I'm not, that really is. It's like a Morgan Freeman. Nice. So Trump tweets out, the conversation I had was largely congratulatory with large, with large, all right, I'm, I'm reading Trump tweet, so like, Give me a second to get down this grammar because yeah, I want to. I want to read it like it's, a like it's supposed to be read, but I, I gotta remember I'm with. I'm reading a Trump tweet, with largely corruption, all of the corruption <laughs> taking place, and largely the fact that we don't want our people like Vice President Biden and his son creating, creating to the corruption already in the Ukraine. So ignoring all the wow, <laughs> he he really typed that fast. I, I, he, I think he does. You're right. I think he's sitting he in read his over what he says. He's like sitting he just, in his. He just types it out and immediately hits send. He's sitting in his room at night. Melania's laying next to him. He's watching I don't know Fox and Friends before he goes to bed. He's furiously typing. <laughs> and Melania's like, wait, let me look over that. Boom, gone. Yeah, no, see if <laughs> you type, type too fast, you can't uh, you can't proofread. So. You can't proofread. <laughs> So, Mr. Giuliani has already publicly acknowledged pressing Ukrainian officials to investigate the Bidens. And Mr. Trump told reporters on Friday and again over the weekend that the former vice president should be investigated without saying whether or not it came up during the phone call. So, again, very sketchy, right? And if it does come out, I'm sure a lot of this stuff is going to come out in the couple weeks to follow because it's under the magnifying glass right now. Sure. Or it may not ever come back, and we'll just hear cries of, Cover up, and we might never know because the attorney general can has the authority to not release it if he thinks that one, it wasn't that big of a deal, or two, if it could jeopardize our national security. Yeah, he has an true. obligation not to release it. Yep. So we may never know, or we could know everything, which well, is which is which is interesting because we both have Trump and Biden locked in on the same thing. But if it turns out that Trump did bribe essentially with taxpayer dollar yeah with that aid, that right? is impeachable that's 100 yeah. percent impeachable could totally screw himself over yeah Which you you would think that his advisory like group you would hope his cabinet would just be like hey don't do that <laughs> hey i have 100 percent faith that his cabinet would say please don't do that i do not have 100 percent faith if joe biden or not joe biden if donald trump and rudy giuliani were in like i don't know a, a bus together and it was just them like 
punching each other on the shoulder, swapping old <laughs> stories if they wouldn't. The old pal. The old pals on a road trip to the Ukraine. Oh, God. So That's, I, I that's true. It, you don't know, man. That's, well, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll keep everybody updated. It's on very that. That interesting. Should be, that should be a fun one. Yeah. To keep up on. So moving on to that, moving on from that into some pop culture. We're going to talk about pop culture for the rest of this podcast. Nice. There's actually a lot that happened. So Antonio Brown, of course, probably the best NFL wide receiver in the league. Well, first we'll, we'll go over just the background of Antonio Brown. He was with the Oakland Raiders. He was complaining a lot of foot stuff. He complained that he didn't want the team helmet. He wanted his own custom helmet. Uh, whatever. But he yeah, then kind of a drama queen. Kind of a drama queen. He was missing practice all the time. So I think the owner, he got in a little... Well, sp- he also fought with the owner. Yeah, he you called the owner... You don't fight with the guy that pays you. He called the owner a cracker. Yeah. Yeah. So That's, ma- that's terrible. And like, let's, don't I mean, bite the hand that feeds. No, you know? don't bite the hand that feeds. So he asked for a trade, and, and the Oakland Raiders trade him, traded him. And I think they forfeited like $20 million or $7 million, somewhere in there. Part of his paycheck will not be going to him. Yeah. Because of that, and they can withhold some of that. I'm sure they can, yeah. So goes to the Patriots, plays For like a week or yeah, something. Yeah, plays a game, yeah. game or two with the Patriots, and is now saying he's not going to play with the NFL anymore. So he tweets out, will not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want at any time. We will see if the NFLPA hold them accountable and sad they can just void guarantees anytime going on 40 million 40 m two months we will see if they pay out so first off antonio brown signed a contract so kind of hard yeah well tough, i mean if it's part of, if antonio it's part of his brown. contract of like if you know if the team or the owner or the organization decides to get rid of him or trade him off like he doesn't get his whole paycheck that's part of his contract, part of his contract. he signed it so. so why are the patriots getting rid of antonio brown well, here's why. According to Fox News, two women have come forward with allegations of sexual misconduct against him. His former trainer, Brittany Taylor, filed a civil suit in South Florida federal court over allegations of sexual assault. A second woman, a painter, told Sports Illustrated that Brown exposed himself to her while she was working on a mural at his home in Pittsburgh two years ago. Her legal team informed the NFL of intimidating text messages sent to the women from Brown, which seemed to be which seemed to expedite his release from the Patriots. So he was accused of two counts, pretty much of sexual assault, sexual misconduct. It's kind of hard to lay down. Assault, misconduct, yeah. What the term actually is sometimes. But I think the real break point with the Patriots was it seemed that he sent text messages to one of these women saying don't say anything or don't come forward. Uh, I think that was yeah. that seemed to be the breaking it's point pretty, with the Patriots. It's pretty bad if you have hard evidence, like so, it's, like text messages are hard evidence. So no, yeah, hundred percent is. So in his Twitter on Sunday or today, look at that. Wow. Brown was reportedly upset about losing twenty nine million dollars in guaranteed money from the Oakland Raiders and nine million signing bonus from the Patriots, which have been rescinded by both teams. So there you go. It's going to learn lose about an estimated what thirty nine million dollars. Ouch. A little bit, a little uh, bit under that. Well, I mean, all those years he played with for the Steelers, I don't know how much he made. Oh yeah, I'm let's sure, not pretend. I'm sure it's an ungodly amount. Yeah. Like unless he doesn't know how savings work and <laughs> you know budgeting. I don't know, man. Works. You don't know. Some some people aren't educated financially. Um, but as long as he's able to save a little bit of it, I think he'll be all right. Yeah. I, like. The, ma- the amount of success that guy has, he must have tons of money. I don't think that's a big deal, but he's—I mean—he's still gonna throw a fit about it, right? And just from w- the stories that have come out, he does seem like kind of a drama queen um, that wants everything his way. And like, I guess the Steelers just kind of sucked up to that for a long time, and now that other teams are having to deal with it, they don't want to. So I—I I think as long as it's in the contract and as long as they're not violating any terms. I think the teams are totally entitled to take their money back. Oh, 100%. Because it's a two-way deal, right? We're going to give you money if you're going to play football and be on our team. But if you're not going to be a part of the team, then we're going to get rid of you, right? Yeah. No, he, or he if you're caught being a <laughs> terrible person, which is huge. Well, this is accused, remember? This is all – This is all. he's all been accused. We're not entirely – 
We can't yeah, jump but to text messages really, you know. It's damning. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's damning. Very much. It's damning. But like it hasn't you, been... you can't. You can't. It's like uh, it's like with um, was it? Who was it? Remember that video that came out a couple years ago of the football player like beating his wife in that elevator? Yes. Um, like when you have when you have evidence when you right, have right. hard evidence like that, people are not people yeah. are not gonna like you. People right. people are gonna know that you did something bad and they're not gonna like it. Right. And so where this is kind of where this is for me has been kind of going is our friend Dutch over at Voice from the Underground actually gave me a little shout out in his in his one of his podcasts because he was actually he listened to our podcast oh. about when we talked about um, Kavanaugh. Yeah. And so he did his own little quick like 20 30 minute reporting on the Kavanaugh case, which I thought cool. a lot of it he got he got right. And during one of his during one of his little cases he was like, "Ah, um, I'll paraphrase. I'm sure I'm not getting it all right." He was like, "Well, it's weird. It's weird how conservatives are more likely to jump on or assume that Antonio Brown did this." than to assume Christine Blasey Ford was sexually assaulted by Kavanaugh, right? Sure. And so my response to that is, well, it seems like we have a time, a place. (laughs) We have hard evidence. (laughs) What did we have with Christine Blasey Ford? We didn't have a time. She wasn't sure of the place. The witnesses weren't corroborating. Her friend said it might not have actually happened. So, yes. Yes, there there is a big difference. There's yeah. a big difference between the both of them. Yeah, I think so, I think the amount of ev- I mean the amount of evidence or the difference in the amount of evidence is pretty clear. Oh, of course. And yeah. if and if these women had just come forward and said Antonio Brown sexually assaulted me and we had said, "Okay, cool. Like where did it happen? When did it happen? Do you have any other evidence that could support this?" and they said no, then I'd be like, "What? The Patriots shouldn't be firing Antonio Brown." Like it I mean, doesn't. They can fire him for being an ass. Oh but. well, yes, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> that's true. They can fire him for being a jerk, but they can't. I I would have a problem if they just fired him over unsubstantiated claims. Sure. Because sure. it seemed like what the reason, the real reason they fired them was these text messages. Oh yeah, of course. That you, they you gave don't want him. That, you don't want that part part of energy to be on your team. Right, and they gave him the benefit of the doubt, and then really hard evidence came out. Right. Yeah. So that that seems to be no. I what think I think you're right, and I think that's the best way to handle stuff like this. Is like if the people that are accusing the other person, like the the accusers, essentially need to provide significant concrete detail or hard evidence, and then something, I, I, yeah, something to like you know actually corroborate the story. And if if you know if it lines up, then mm, you can assu- you can assume that this guy is probably guilty. Yeah. Yeah, we have to look at all. All right, put a look at all the evidence. Look at all the evidence together. So moving on from that, on this past Friday, big thing with our generation. Well, I think I guess our generation, millennial generation, was the climate strike, which drew an estimated four million people around the globe, according to USA Today. Oh, I did hear about the climate strike. Right, and I think it was. I think this has been the largest turnout for any climate change rally ever so this is the largest one ever mm. i i don't think no one walked out of my job on friday to go protest i don't know if anyone walked out of yours uh maybe <laughs> I, I, I don't think so <laughs> I know if you they did i didn't actually wait no i wait what time was it on friday i don't know okay i was about to say when i left early on friday um to leave for the weekend and there was like a big crowd standing outside when I left, I thought really? they were, I thought they were just hanging out, like chatting. But maybe not. I was like, wait a second, why why are people seeing a large group outside of the building? Ooh, that's not the place people hang out. Well, it's Red not. Vent. Well, now I feel like your business is a little swings a little left sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, th- I think it depends on the people working there, that's right? True. So it's that's just true. certain people that work there were you know wanted to do the climate strike and we they sh- did it. We should have gone up to your alma mater, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> That would have been a lot of fun. Do you know Bernie was there on Thursday? Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Damn. We missed Bernie, dude. We missed Bernie. I've been getting so many emails from him ever since I signed up for the ice cream. I know. I just want to win the ice cream. I want the ice cream so badly. <laughs> I'm not – if I get that ice cream, I'll I'm not – I'll put up with the emails just to get the ice cream. I'm not eating that ice cream if I get it. Wait, really? No. Oh, why would gonna, I eat like, it? preserve it? Oh, yeah. Keep it forever? Yeah. I want to create, like, little little mementos. Wow. Um, 
and have a little crow. I, I would eat the ice cream. You would eat the ice cream? Yes. So, along with this climate strike came a young girl named Greta Thunberg. And a lot of us now know who this is. She is a young girl who is from Sweden, who has made her claim to fame getting up in front of world leaders and calling for action on climate change, essentially is what she does. Yeah. So, no, no real problem. I think she's, I think she'd be, would she be Gen Z? I'd have to get her, I'd have to get her age. I don't like actually the know. actual birth date. I don't know what the actual generation is behind us. Is there one yet? What do you mean? Like so, the, there's the Gen Y, Gen Z. What comes after us? Uh... Have you heard? I forget. I there's some there's some name for it. So she goes to Capitol Hill on Wednesday, and she says, and I quote, "I am submitting this report as my testimony because I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the scientists, and I want you to unite behind the science, and then I want you to take real action." So here is my little soapbox on climate change, Uh-oh. and you're gonna get my little soapbox. Oh, it's very. So you say listen to the sci- scientists, right? Sure. And we can all listen to the scientists. We can, I can understand what the scientists are saying. It's just, do you understand the ramifications of your actions? I think that's the biggest thing for me. Because there's three things. There's three progressions of the climate change. You either don't know anything, and then you just say, oh, well, it's not going to affect me. You don't really care. You know a little bit, and then you realize that, or at least you think that we're all screwed and we're all going to die. Or you know a lot. And you realize that, A, there might not be much we can do, or the things that we can do can actually lead to millions of people dying. Well, yeah, so I, I, think, that's, I think that's an important point, actually. Because, um, I mean, there is, uh, like, there, there definitely is merit in trying to do your part in, you know, stuff like recycling and not wasting energy and, y- you know, like, stuff like that, right? But, of course... Anybody who, you know, actually follows the science kind of realizes that we're at a point where it's kind of impossible to reverse what's happening, which is kind of sad. Um, and, you know, 50 years from now, uh, the planet's going to look a lot different. Well, it, it's interesting because it, it could and it couldn't. Like, there's so many conflicting reports on this. And the, the, best, that I've, the best that I've seen is – I'll have to pull up the study, but I thought it was a really good way of putting it. 25% chance that we're all screwed, 25% chance that nothing's going to happen, and a 50% chance that there will be some change, but not that bad. Well, I think I think there will be some change, especially if, like, we have, you know, if global warming continues to climb, like if, you know, global heat temperatures continue to rise as they have been, then, you know, you see the ice caps melting, you see the, wa- like, the sea level rising across the planet. Right. And that uproots a lot of living areas right. a lot of cities that are on the water so i think you will you'll see that's i wouldn't call that not a big change because well, that, the, that's a talk- relocation of millions of people so big change as in so we have to you're right we have to define what big change is. me big change big change for me is like oh my god everything's heating up we're not able to actually have crops we're all taking it i'm taking big change like like apocalypse like yeah like a like a cortez says that we're not going to be here in like 12 years or something like that that kind of big change if it if it's okay, just yeah big change if it's just people have to move well se- essentially that will probably that's probably going to be that's what been happens, happening right? right that's been happening for like for all these i mean so many cities are you right. know built near water sources right yeah. so like a lot of cities, like New Orleans, for example, like that's that's a great example of a city that's most likely going to be underwater in uh, 20 you, years. Are you going to miss New Orleans uh, if no. it goes under? Yeah, I'm not going to miss it's, New Orleans. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> At it's least very, it'll get a. It's very dirty. It'll get a deep clean. Actually, yeah, that's a nice scrubbed cleaning. Yeah. Um, but basically, all these people that live near the shore are going to lose property, right. lose equity, um, but we'll all have to move inland. Right. And there's even chances that that might not actually happen, that we're all just going to be fine. So it's it's super hard to to define. And I why guess you don't know for sure. Right. No. And I think my biggest issue is we tend, to, we tend to look at the problem, and we don't ever seem to take the solution seriously. 
Like, we don't ever actually look at the implication of the solution. We had that big t- climate change town hall, and they just screamed and ranted about the problem. Like, oh, we're spewing greenhouse gas in the air. Oh, there's so much carbon. All this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's great. Like, you've identified the problem. Wonderful. Now let's talk about the solution. Yeah. I mean, is it really realistic that we're going to go 100% green energy in, like, 10 years? The answer is no. No. The answer is that without nuclear? I mean, well, yeah, that's the thing is if you use nuclear. I mean, even if nuclear became a thing again or, like, a more widely used thing, it probably wouldn't happen for, like, 25 oh, years. Oh, it's so – well, first off, it's It'll, so expensive. And the second off, it takes a long time The to infrastructure build. will take time, it right? It takes a long time to And, build. like, we've already made huge steps. Like, so I feel like solar farms are much more common now. Well, they've gotten now. cheaper. They, they have, like, they've definitely just, gotten cheaper. Yeah, and the cost of solar farms are also a lot cheaper, like you said. Right, but they take up a lot of more a lot of space. It's just – it's difficult, right? Because yeah, we have we to will, actually talk about We will about not be carbon-free anytime soon. Oh, no. But I think, no. I think even improving it and finding cheaper solutions for energy because – Honestly, if you can build a solar farm, you eventually will get a better return, and you will actually. I think it's more profitable. Yeah, it could um, be. It's, our, it's a risk using yeah. carbon-based, could be like fuel, right? Right. So this leads us to an article in the New York Times, and the article is titled "Meat is Murder," but you know that already <laughs> by Mark Bittman. And no, I did not actually know that meat is murder. How dare you assume? I don't. I don't consider killing a cow and eating it murder. To be perfectly honest with you. Uh, it uh, depends. What do you mean it depends? Do you have something against the cow? <laughs> no, I've got nothing against the cow. Did the cow want to die? No, the cow probably doesn't want to die. <laughs> so is it murder? <laughs> well, murder, I believe murder has to be with an actual human being. Like, if I step on a bug, I'm not like, <gasps> and the government propels down. You got lights and sirens. And hey, I don't just know, SWAT propels down. Just because like there's arrest. no laws in place about the murder of bugs doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. But I, I would say murder has You're a, supposed to respect all life, dude. I respect a lot of life. We, you can't step on anything. You can't well, kill any bugs. You can't eat any plants. You just... Sorry. <laughs> Did the plants want to die? You're just going to have to starve yourself, bro. You can't <laughs> kill the plants either. i got to learn how to photosynthesize. <laughs> so, oh, my God. This is by Mark, Mark Bittman. Dives into a book called We Are the Weather. Saving the Planet Begins at Breakfast by Jonathan Saffron Foyer. So Jonathan's second book is a eye-opening collection of mostly short essays expressing both despair and hope over the climate crisis, especially around individual choice. It's a wide-ranging book. There are attri- attributes to grandparents and sons as well as musings. Right? Am I saying that word right? Musings, yeah. Musings on suicide, family, effort, sense, and much more. But it has a point that there I- that it is to persuade us to eat fewer animal products. So I knew I read the introduction to this, and I was like, oh, great. Like, here we go. I'm excited for this one. I have to keep reading. So I did because, of course, I did because that's when they does. Foyer makes a case that for Americans and citizens of other voracious meat-eating countries, this is the most important individual change we can make to reduce our carbon footprint. So, first off, that's false. So, there you go. What, well, what's the big, big, bigger difference? Well, the biggest, the biggest carbon footprint that we have, according to the EPA, is the fossil fuel that we use to create energy, heating, and transportation. Well, yeah, of course, but right. you can't I, – I think it's unrealistic to – expect you know heating and fuel and transportation to be reduced right well it's unrealistic for me to expect that i'm gonna not eat meat well i think well not eating meat is actually a lot easier than not using a car not eating or meat okay is a lot would you easier. rather would you rather give up meat or give up air conditioning and heating i'd rather give up meat see so it's it, I'm just, it's an easier transition than giving up you know something else. So what if we all gave up meat? Carbon emissions. Then Do you understand the implications of what happens if we all gave up meat? There'd be a lot of animals hanging out, dude. Well, there wouldn't just be a lot of animals hanging out. Well, f- first off, people would starve. To also, death. well, I mean, by you know the meat yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. Well, let's and let's 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 be honest. So this is this is again this is again the problem that I have when we just look at the problems and not the solutions. So let's say we all stopped eating meat because that's basically where this article goes. I want to. I'll keep reading, but it basically goes into that, and it says that we should all stop eating meat, and that should be encouraged by the government. The government should tell you to stop eating meat. So I was like, "Wow, all right, that's a, that's a cup of hot tea. That's <laughs> that's very hot." Yeah. But it definitely goes into what Greta has been saying, like, "Oh, trust the scientists, and then use the government to force down policies 
that you may or may not agree with. Ah, uh, yes. It's just the the government's going to tell you to stop eating hamburgers. That's the American way. <laughs> that's the American. Use the government. I, you know, I hope it's not the the American way. Oh, I say that sarcastically. It's, that 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 should not be the. American it's becoming way. the American way, unfortunately. <laughs> but it, it shouldn't be. So I find the implications of so if we all stopped eating meat. There. So let me let me let me read down a little bit further because this because the article attempts to address this. What's to be done? As Foyer says, we're not good at making positive decisions about our future, and we're really not good at denying ourselves cheap pleasures like cheeseburgers, no matter how bad they are for us or our fellow humans. Foyer em- emphasizes that our treatment of animals is unethical and inhumane. He correctly adds that the system that supports the raising of something like 10 billion land animals per year in the United States alone. Human nature is not the reason that our diet consists of large amounts of meat and junk food availability. Access to marketing determines that. I thought, there's another really hot, hot tea right there. What? I, what human nature is not the reason that our diet consists of large amounts of meat and junk food. That's just false. Well, large amounts, right? Right, so you'd like, have like to th- clarify like large of, amounts. Well, think of, think of evolution, right? Like, especially before, like when still hunting and gathering was a thing right like you'd probably eat meat maybe once a day but why i I doubt i doubt the human diet had meat every single meal so why does fat and sugar taste so good because when you eat sugar it basically activates the same part of your brain as cocaine well yeah it's rewarding but why because we're just built to consume stuff that's going to give us energy but why so why not plants why can't plants do it i mean they can it's just why isn't it as tasty I don't know why. It's because it's common sense. It's because we've evolved to consume sugar and fats as like our primary. But there's a huge reason, right? Because there's a huge, there's a big difference between fats and sugars, and plants. What starches? Well, one has a huge amount of calories per gram and per ounce. Yeah, that is why. Right. right. That is why we love. That's why we love to eat fat, and that's why we love to eat sugar. Because you're right. Back in the in the hunter-gatherer society, when we came across You don't know every sugar, how many times you're going to eat, right? Right. When you came across sugar and fat, your body says, all right, you should eat that 100%. Yes. Because that is the most calorie-packed food It'll that is out there. It'll keep you going longer, right? It'll keep you going longer. That's why... That's why we enjoy sugar and fat, and that's I don't I feel like I don't need to bring up that many studies. That that's that's very well proven. No, I think and I think that's common sense. But I I mean he also he has a point where he's saying like availability, access, and marketing are like de- like the human lifestyle now of I would say especially junk food, not as much meat, but especially junk food. I mean I think that is just because we have no drive of survivability in our lives anymore right like right, we're, we're still left with that with like, that pleasure that yeah. comes from eating fats and sugars exactly right i know, completely like, I understand th- that and i mean that all i mean a lot of stuff dwindles down to the fact that our society has like no dangers in it so people aren't trying to right. fight for survival That's anymore true. and i think it's like yeah if it's available and it's cheap people are going to eat it and like if it you know it activates that part of your brain too people are going to eat it and this goes back to one of my overarching com- arguments about climate change and this, and this article seems to go that way and basically says, well, the reason that we eat cheeseburger and junk food is because it's widely accessible and it's cheap. That is almost implying that if we were to switch away from that, let's say we got all rid of all of it, that we could provide the same amount of calories to the same amount of people at the same price that we do with meat. And well, I believe – that that is that is that is impossible because yeah. one well one the amount of land that it takes for you to eat like the same amount of calories as beans and then a cow is just I mean we don't have the space I mean let's I think cows take up a lot of land actually no they do but if we were to start growing crops well I mean I I see what you mean where you equate like calorie equivalents right exactly um there's that, a I mean, massive that, amount of calories in a, in a that, cow that is a i mean that's a good point right, right? to equate because i mean yeah you can switch to vegetables but good luck going from you know a normal meat and just you know all types of food diet right towards a a vegan diet or vegetarian diet and maintaining your calorie amount. yeah it's super difficult yeah i mean you've seen a lot of um vegan weightlifters they just i mean 
we saw when Blake and Brennan were doing it, they were pounding beans. Like, cans Oh, that's right, when they gave up meat, beans. that's right. Because that's, cause beans are you, actually have a high amount of protein and a sort of high amount of calorie. But they were like, cans oh, of it. Oh, no, you have to eat a ridiculous amount, right? An absolutely ridiculous And that's why... That's why I don't – this brings me up to my second point. I don't believe that we can have the same population. People are going to starve, especially maybe not in America, but in third world countries that rely on, well, one, the American economy and America food innovation because the, the Green Revolution allowed millions and millions of people to survive and actually be born sure. because now families, even even poor Americans – now they can go – it might be unhealthy, but now they can go to McDonald's and get an get entire food, meal right? for them their, and, their, and their family for pretty cheap prices. Yeah. And that allows a lot of people to be born. So my question always to people that say this is, all right, so what gives you that right to determine that – this X number amount of people are are not going to be born anymore. They don't have the right I mean, to be born. Essentially, I mean that that would be what happens. Like you, right. know, you know the price of produce, right? Right. And I think it is. I think you do have a point where it's unrealistic to expect that if we, you know, basically switched out the food we offered, you know, in everyday life, it, it would not be that cheap. It would not be as cheap as it is now. Right. And if I, it was all plant based. And it's a huge. And again, this goes back to the fact that we only want to address the problems. And not take the solution seriously. Because that's what it takes. It takes us actually taking the solution seriously. And I've talked about this before. When I was in one of my chemistry classes, our teacher showed us this video. Showed us this little snippet of a movie of our meatpacking industry. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's, it's some pretty terrible conditions. And a lot of kids walked out like, oh, my gosh, I never knew that that was happening. Wow, that's, that's terrible. We should stop that. And I'm like, I mean, well. It's definitely eye-opening. Yeah, but I'm like, hold on. Like, you, you do like going to the store and getting a pack of, like, ground beef for, like, $7. So you do enjoy that, right? Like, I, I fail to see well, how I mean, you think that we can create that without mass producing it. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, so, I, I mean, just the – I mean, the way they have, you know, meat production set up, it is very, you know, inhumane and it's it's terrible treatment of animals. But it's how we're able – you're right. It's how we're able to keep prices low. It's how we're able to create enough meat to support our our need for it, yeah. right? So I, I just – I always urge people to understand the consequences of their actions. Fair Don't enough. just look at the problems. Don't just get up there and complain about the earth warming. Let's actually sit down. Great. You complained about it. You identified the problem. Let's look at what we can actually do and if, and if that's actually realistic. I mean, I think, I think to a degree you could reduce the amount of oh, meat yeah. we consume. Um, I don't think that's unrealistic because, I mean, you know, people are always going to fight and resist against that. But there are great sources of protein besides meat. And if you took out, like, if, if you know, you're like me. And somebody that, you know, consumes a lot of protein, you're eating meat every single meal of the day. And so I think it's not unrealistic to say, oh, I can take out meat from one of my meals. And I think that needs to be an individual choice as well. Oh, of course. It should be yeah. an individual choice. And I mean, it's not – I mean, it, whether it's a hard choice or not, that's entirely up to you. Right? right. I don't think the government should be coming down and saying, okay, you can no longer eat X. Well, like, you, well you realize <laughs> we, we need a new amendment. We need the right to meat. <laughs> ain't the right to meat, <laughs> but, but no one's attacked your right to meat. Doesn't matter. We need it. <laughs> I want my meat. I need my meat. Oh my gosh. So I think that's. A, I think this kind of food is a fitting transition into our next little segment and our last thing that we'll close up on. In an article titled "Quidoba is Better Than Chipotle" by Alex Schultz over at GQ, and I I knew I had to I had to. So this this actually came to me from my Facebook feed, just scrolling through, and one of our friends from high school posted this and was oh. like was like yeah obviously and i shot back i'm like counter argument oh god no yeah <laughs> so that's gonna get worked up that that kicked off that kicked off a little facebook argument between me and him which yeah. i thought was pretty cute for, zo for those who don't know nate is a devout chipotle addict devout yeah devout uh yeah and i i, I don't understand why i mean i, I get it i get it chipotle is really good but also i i don't i'm much more you know love them all kind of guy you know 
Wow, man, like that was deep. Sundays are Chipotle days. Oh Wednesdays are Moe's days. Are they really for you? Really? Yeah. Wow. I've gotten into a total routine. Now, Why Moe's on Wednesday? It just feels right. It just feels right. There's no deals or anything on Wednesday? No. I just It's just Wednesday night after, you know, getting back from the gym, I'm usually exhausted, and I just want to sit there and just stuff my face. Okay. All right. I didn't know this. <laughs> okay. So, so in this article, he states, recently, a handful of GQ workers ruthlessly and baselessly engaged in ad hominem attacks against me for correctly pointing out that Quidova is better than Chipotle. So I do try my best not wow. to engage in character attacks, but character when attacks. we're talking about something like Quidova and Chipotle, no, oh I'll, gosh. I'll call you an idiot. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Site editor Chris Galliomi wrote, Alex, you've had a lot of bad opinions, but this is this is by far your worst. He then asked me to contribute a new series called A Hill to Die On. As Chris is my boss, I dutifully located a nearby hill where I could ingest a Chipotle burrito with a side of extra neurovirus until he <laughs> clarified that my assignment was to prove in writing why Quidoba is superior uh, much much easier. I I think that's hilarious. I thought yeah. that was that's really funny. This guy, this how he wrote funny. that. I yeah, like no, that, that was pretty. Go a hill to die on. I'll just eat a Chipotle burrito and I'll die. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> getting neurovirus. So he breaks this down into a couple parts, and of course, me being the Chipotle fanatic, am going to break apart his entire and argument. You're gonna try to yeah. Not try. It. There's no. I'm going to succeed. Oh, okay, okay. There is a difference. Okay. So cost. Chipotle costs more. You're right. Chipotle does cost more. Yeah, I'm not going to say that Chipotle doesn't cost more. But one, you get more food. That's pretty hard to argue with. Because when you go to Quidoba, they give you okay, that, that well, little – Stop. They give you that little I was gonna say, mini scoop, to, to Cadoba, mini scoop I mean, of guac where I walk into Chipotle and I get hopefully an angry worker who just is done with their life and just <laughs> – Slabs on Jeez. an entire mega spoonful You're of guac. Very heated right now. There is a difference. I think so. At least when it comes to Cadoba, maybe it's just me, but it seems like their bowls there are smaller. I w- I honestly would want to do a test and like measure volume and actually see how much of a difference it is. And I think you know how you said hopefully gives you a big thing of guac. I think it also depends on the person working. Oh, 100%. That, that's another problem right there is you can pay, you know, whatever dollars. But at the end of the day, it matters of who's working there and if they're cool or not. And by cool, I mean do they give you <laughs> give a ridiculous you a of food, amount of yeah. food because yeah. they can understand that you're a growing boy and you need a lot of food. Obviously. Yeah. How do they not get that? Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're really skimpy. They can't be really skimpy. That's I always that's it. So, like, that argument – it uh, doesn't go either way. I don't think it does. I like if if we could prove that a Cadoba bowl is actually smaller than a Chipotle bowl, then yes, you can. Make I think that it'd argument. be a good challenge for us to take up. I think that sounds like a good challenge. I mean, that's really easy. You just fill it. No, with, but you would need you, you fill the bowl with but water. But since it and then since it depends. Oh, you're volume. just saying on the. But I could like load it up with all the extras, and it would be heavier. So what you want to do? Weight. So I would say you would need to do the same. Or we can count each individual piece of rice. <laughs> count e- in each individual black bean. Each individual count black bean. Count each piece of chicken. And then we count do that. Count every shred of lettuce. We'd have to do that for like a month to get an average. Yes. Because it depends on the people, of right? Of course. So you need an average. You need an average. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's funny. Studies in the works. <laughs> studies in the works. So he also goes on to say Chipotle's watered down queso will also run you a little extra. So first off. Sir, sir, you can't you can't argue with that. Okay, first off, I believe that Chipotle's queso is actual cheese, and melted actual cheese is not that great. I don't believe it's that great. Exactly. Now, when you go to Moe's and they basically pour bleach in it because it was made five days before and it has the consistency and enough preservatives to embalm Lennon's body for the next couple hundreds of years, then of course it's going to taste good because the secret ingredient is bleach. Why Why are you bringing Moe's into this, dude? Moe's and Quidoba are guilty of this. Okay. Both are guilty. But, I mean, that's the thing. is like when you get queso, I'm not trying to get real cheese. I'm trying to get fake cheese that's, like, super thick <laughs> okay. and, and cheesy. Okay, as long like, as – all right. Like, all right. I, think, I think people need to understand okay. that queso, at least the form of queso that's to be expected from, like, Moe's and stuff like that, is not going to be, like, 
actual melted cheese. Yes, like they gotta, I agree. They got to put some extra stuff in I there agree. to make it happen, right? Because if, Cause I, if you wanted actual cheese, just get cheese. It's right there. Yeah. Just get the normal cheese. Yeah. And it actually costs a lot of money to melt that quantity of cheese without putting other things in it. Actually, yeah. I mean, think about that I'm for a ca- second. Well, we actually don't know if Chipotle's is real. Well, they say you, you a, would you would think they would say it's a five cheese blend. Oh uh, yeah, I mean you you would think like Chipotle is much more focused on their authentic you know ingredients that are super good. So so I his see it. moving on to his second point, it is a and I think this is this is one that you that you bring up to me a lot. There's more variety at Quidoba. so he goes yep. on to say Quidoba, unlike Chipotle, doesn't pretend to be above the tenets of fast food chains, rolling out. Any menu options and seeing what sticks. You can order breakfast at Cordoba. There's an impossible burrito and an impossible taco at participating locations. So here's my thing. I find that as restaurants expand their menu to include more things, their food gets the progressively gets worse. Lower. Right. Look at look at Chick-fil-A. It, it could be. You're you right. go to Chick-fil-A and you expect everything to be centered around the chicken sandwich. And it is. Their core staple is the chicken sandwich, and it's a bomb chicken sandwich. When I go to Cordoba, or I mean um, Chipotle, I expect a bomb burrito or a burrito bowl. When I go to damn Cordoba, I don't expect, like, five different types of shells that I can choose from and freaking pickled onions. Why? I don't think any of that actually affects the quality of your food, though. No, no but it goes to my argument, which is the more you expand the product – the less of a quality you can provide. And I find that's very true. You're, so you're implying that Cheesecake Factory is not high quality. No. The Cheesecake Factory is assuredly not. Don't tell Cheesecake me. Cheesecake Factory is pretty good. It is and not that good. they have, like, the biggest menu ever. It is. N- yeah, yeah, it's the, pretty, I think the it's Cheesecake Factory. Really? We're, okay. There's, all right. There, hot take. There's so much cheesecake. Okay, all right. Are we just talking about the cheesecake or the food that's being served at the Cheesecake Factory? I, I like the food, but I no, think the, tell I me think which the cheesecake one. is the highlight. Okay, all right. Cheesecake is way easier. You don't have to keep it hot. You can pump that crap full of preservatives and have it sit there for hours in a refrigerated little display case. Come okay. on. But there's still a lot of different types of cheesecake. Oh, my God. Yeah. One is just the regular cheesecake. One is the regular cheesecake with a little bit of raspberry sauce. <laughs> One is the regular cheesecake with maybe some, like, Reese's peanut butter sprinkled <laughs> on top. Yeah. A lot of different very, varieties. Dude, very different. You're implying that all, the quality goes down. All incredibly different. <laughs> and I mean, okay. But, I mean, I, I will admit you do have a point about, you know, the more food that you have to offer and you have to be cooking – like every single day that I mean I, I could see the quality going down right but I, I don't think Chipotle and Moe's are like at the point where they have so much going on that it actually affects the you mean quality Cordoba of the food. And Moe's. yeah sorry sorry we've, sorry we've been getting these three confused like so many times I don't know why it's because they're all basically the same restaurant but Chipotle no, is no, like the no. elitist one that's not true yes it is Quidoba and Moe's are about the same yeah but Quidoba and Moe's are like you know your average ordinary food place see i take and it chipotle is like you know oh we're cool we we're fancy in chipotle and status yeah we have money i take mo's at the very bottom and then quidoba and then chipotle i think they're all equal wow you're just a kind human they're, they're all well that's you. the thing they're all different experiences yeah well, some can be better than others sure maybe but also like if i'm going to mo's i'm expecting a mo's experience right like that I don't, I could I don't have, compare them to Chipotle. I could have three dudes standing in front of me. They could all be dudes, and I don't know. Maybe one of them is just angry and is gonna punch me. One is also angry and is trying to fight me, and the third is just being really nice and quiet. Like there are three dudes. Obviously, two of them are not as good as the other. But it's whatever you're in the mood for. Maybe you're in the mood to get punched oh in the face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes you just get in that mood where you're just like, dude, I just need to get socked in the face. So he, he goes on to say, and I think this is actually a really cool kind of paragraph that he writes. Here, here is where the hotly and hotter than though crowd emerges. Chipotle just tastes better than Cordoba, and that doesn't need any gimmicks to prove its worth, the defenders say. There's an internet consensus that Chipotle's chicken and guac are, in fact, better than Cordoba's. I think the chicken, 100%. 
Chipotle defend Anguac. So never mind. <laughs> Chipotle defenders have some empirical evidence on their side via a blind taste test involving a group of college students who are, no joke, probably the best population segment to weigh in on this debate. Or yeah. or me, Parker, and our friend Blake. Um, they too like Chipotle's chicken and guac better, but also voted in favor of Quidoba for its chips and rice. Deadspin preferred Quidoba's bean in 2014. The fajita veggies, pico de gallo, and corn are a draw. There are a few meal constructs specifically with chicken and guacamole where I'll allow that Chipotle could be the tastier choice. However, there are no meal constructs involving queso where it makes sense to choose Chipotle over where it makes yeah, where it makes sense to choose Chipotle over Quidoba, especially after factoring cost. And queso, when done right, a la Quidoba, should always be a, in a fast food burrito. So I always, do have a problem. Yeah, uh, I have a problem with him just assuming. Well, he's assuming that, that everyone eats. Everyone queso, eats right? queso. I don't I, have I queso. Don't, I don't eat queso either. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what assuming? Unless does. I'm in like a special mood, I won't As- get queso. Assuming makes an ass out of you and me, obviously. That yes, seems to be we what all we all do know that. I I I do like I do like his points though. And his very last point, I'm sure you can guess it. Safety. Yeah. I'm sorry. Which of all these food chains have had? Uh, diseases and e coli here's the thing man i'm not gonna deny that i'm not i'm not gonna deny. It. you're absolutely correct so did i you're living life on the edge every time did you i Chipotle. also really enjoy it when that was kind of happening yes because there were no lines and that was really wonderful <laughs> um <laughs> i i feel bad for those people that got sick um that's what i'm saying man think about all the people that but hey archipelago lovers like you and then god e coli well you know i get in my car sometimes and i drive down the road full knowing that fatal injuries from car accidents are are quite dangerous and i could die just leaving my house but i still do it so hey live life on the edge that's what i'm saying man (laughs) wow take some risks and if the risk is potentially getting neurovirus that's fine because my school that must have been five years ago over i think 70 to 100 people got neurovirus and my school actually started shut down and man, the the stories that I heard from that experience were were fun, were really fun. But uh, you know what? If that's what it takes, glad, glad you're bringing bringing positives. To if everybody. that's what it takes, that I get neuro and just basically poop my pants out <laughs> for a solid like day and a half, and I can still then eat Chipotle, fine, whatever. If that has to be my well, punishment, see, that's the thing. Would it scar you from eating Chipotle? No, it's very confident. In the- very confident. <laughs> and I was very quick to answer that. Yes. So that just about wraps up today's episode. Of course, check us out on social media. I'll be coming out with some new articles today. And well not today, but tomorrow. Hopefully I'll be I'll be coming out with some stuff. Remember to leave us a review if you are listening. That really helps us out with ratings. Tell us if you like it, if you don't like it, if you are a Moe's lover and in that case stop listening. Hey, and you whoa. can unfollow. Whoa, watch yourself. <laughs> so Don't insult Moe's. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Welcome to Moe's. Ah, God. My, one of my least favorite phrases. Oh, my gosh. Leave, yeah. the, leave them alone. They're just friendly. No. So that just about wraps up our episode. Everybody have a wonderful and safe night.